Hi there, I'm Jonathan Healy. Thanks for joining us. On this week's Red Business, we're talking about money. If you have it, what should you do with it? We're all a lot more cautious after the crash, so what is the expert advice? Red Business Podcast with CompUB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompUB.com. And first up on this podcast about money and finance, we have the managing partner with MC2 accountants, Jim McCarthy. Jim, how are you? Good morning, Jonathan. I'm good, thanks. You're in Penrose Wharf, isn't that right? That's correct, yeah. And tell us a little bit about your background. My background is an accountant of 30 years experience in Cork, um, previously with McGinner Reardon and Quintus and myself and Sean McSweeney founded it. MC2, which traditionally was McCarthy McSweeney accountants back in 2013. And I suppose our vision was to kind of develop um, a team of professionals where we would eventually evolve out of McCarthy McSweeney into a brand like MC2. And we achieved that three years ago. And we now currently have a team of 30 staff working for us in the professional services. So when you say professional services, uh, it's help people mind and manage their money. Is that the best description? Yeah, I mean, I suppose that we would have been our our kind of our clients would have evolved. Modern accountancy would have been originally that, but I would have seen a niche in the market to compete with the, the big four because most accountancy offices, other than the big four, don't provide the other services. We would have decided to go for people in um, areas like banking property expertise, economists, tax specialists and stuff like that. So we built a team of professionals to mix in with the accounting staff and we've kind of created a good blend of services that way. The client's needs always evolve. So in other words, what somebody might have wanted in 2005 isn't necessarily what they want in 2018. What's changed? Well, I suppose the big change from a client perspective is is dealing with dealing in the recoveries. We've had the recession um, where we found the niches in the whole recovery. How do you deal with banks, loan notes, you know, debt restructuring and getting back into the market again? And that's where that's I suppose that's really where we see the clients demands evolving. Um, Particularly, it's very current at the moment. A lot of clients out there would have got letters in this week, actually, to say that AIB would have bought their or sold their loans to service. Mm. Um, so and, that's, fact, and, and that's enough to put the fear of God into you when you see that land on your doormat. It is. And I suppose this is where we can give comfort to clients because this is actually an opportunity. Um, m- most of these clients would have been struggling with trying to do deals with the banks for the last four or five years and it's gone on too long. And we actually see the, the funds as an opportunity to finally resolve it. Um, just to give you a quick example, I had a client ring me yesterday. He said, Jim, I'm after getting a letter to say my, my loan has been sold to such and such a fund. And... Um, he said, should I get onto the solicitor? Should I injunct this? Or what should I do? I said, you do no such thing. Yeah, the panic the panic was kicking in there, yeah, clearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, this is the best bit of news you'll have got in the last four or five years. We can now actually solve your problem. A lot of the time when people end up in a tricky situation like that, and it's the same in everything. It could be an employment thing. It could mm. be a financial thing. It could even be a family thing. Mm. When you're that close to it, you do need somebody on the outside looking in as opposed to the panic looking out, don't you? And that that's where professionals like you and everyone at MC2 kick in. That's it. I mean, Ireland is a small place. It's, you know, you get to know all the players. So in our industry, it's 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 lawyers, auctioneers, accountants, and it's, it's, it's even these funds because most people working in these fund companies have traditionally either worked in a bank or worked in another accountancy office. So we know these people and these people are only in like any other business. They buy these debts at X, 
pound in expense in the euro and they need to sell them quite quickly to make a profit. And the first person they're going to deal with actually is the debtor and they'll give us a chance to, to do that business for them. Um, in the way that the previous lender, i.e. the bank, wouldn't have wanted to do because they didn't want to be seen to do it, presumably. Didn't want to be seen to be doing it, couldn't... I, just, just, I think the biggest problem is they were too big and the organisations, it was very difficult to get a decision. Um, I mean, it's it's unbelievable to think that you know, here we are in 2018, we've been in recovery now for five years and AIB still have three billion worth of debt unresolved on their books. And that's just one bank, AIB. Mm. Um, and we've been party to a lot of those transactions that haven't got over the line, as well as all the ones that we did get over the line. And generally speaking, it's just not being able to get somebody to make a decision. Um, how, how do you deal with the emotional side of it, Jim? Because I'm guessing of all, the, if you're dealing with the debt restructuring side uh, in particular, there's a whole amount of anger, which is uh, not exactly a productive energy in, in what you're trying to do. How do you deal with that? It's like, you know, there's all sorts it, there's all sorts of stages to anything. It's like, the, and I suppose the anger stage is long past, in my opinion. I think people have gone through that. You know, you, we were in the whole denial and anger phase of it. And I think people have accepted their position now, which makes it a lot easier to deal with clients. And, and we would say to people, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, don't get too emotionally attached to the assets that are there. Obviously, if it's family homes and stuff like that, it's different. But predominantly, we, we deal with business commercial assets. So we would tell the client, you know, if, if, if it makes commercial sense and you want to keep these assets, we will find you the money at the right rates and do the right deal for you. If it doesn't make commercial sense, leave it behind, walk away, do your debt settlement agreement and move mm. on with your life. The other thing that you do a lot on is property. And mm. and I think that there's probably a marked reluctance out there amongst a lot of people, particularly the smaller guys who got burned to get back into the property market again. Do you see people looking at it now and saying, right, maybe, but now is the time to get back into this? And, and uh, OK, it didn't work the first time. Now, sure, it can only go well. See, We've been in the business of getting back into property since 2013. So it's, it's, in, it's, 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 so as an investment asset, it's been a very attractive place to get back into over the last four or five years. And we've seen very, very good growth and we've seen clients make a lot of money in the market, in the recovery. You know, that's not going to go on forever. And I just think now yields have come down to such a level that I'm beginning, I'm, I'm personally beginning to kind of question it in, as an investment, actually, because I think we've seen a lot of growth over the last four or five years. And as a business, we're starting to encourage clients just to be cautious around property. and um, Because other products are available, as the man says. Absolutely. There's a whole suite of different things you can put into your portfolio out there. And I see a lot of, you know, we will be encouraging clients to take a long, uh, to take a look at investment into companies, for example, whereby, you know, maybe becoming passive shareholders in good businesses, they don't necessarily have to have property assets as, as a good diversification for going forward and pick sectors that are more defensive, in terms of being, you know, providing you with a passive income in your pension and retirement portfolio. Is the landscape a lot healthier now, Jim, than it was? I mean, look, obviously it was a disaster after 07 and for a considerable number of years, up to 13, 14. Are we in a better place now or are, are we still exposed to a lot of risk? We'd always be exposed to risk. Um, we're definitely in a better place than we were for five, six, seven years ago when the credit turned off. There was no credit, so you couldn't get a transaction done. There, Why we're in a good place right now is that there is so many different options for credit. I mean, we were in AIB during the week and we were discussing it with them in terms of the challenges they have now of competing with what we call the secondary lenders. So there's a whole suite, there's probably 10 secondary lenders operating out of Dublin at the moment now, providing capital at 7 or 8%. 
and you've kind of got AIB supplying capital at 3 or 4%, but their criteria to get it is so tough, it's, mm. it's hard. 8% is a bit sticky, though, isn't it? That's going to hurt it, you. 8% is sticky, but it was it made sense when you were getting 10% plus yields on yeah. deals that you were buying. The problem now is that the yields have dropped to 5 or 6% in a lot of cases for the quality stuff, which now puts the secondary lenders in a place that unless you're plugging a lot of equity into those deals, you're not going to be able to complete the transaction. A very complicated world, but one that uh, is well managed by the likes of yourselves and your colleagues at MC2 Accountants. Is there a website, Jim, that people can find you? Yeah, mc2accountants.ie. mc2accountants.ie, down in Penrose Wharf. Jim McCarthy, managing partner with MC2. Thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business. Improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. So next up in our discussion about money and finance, if you have a company, how do you go about funding it? If you don't go to the banks, which as we've just been discussing are sometimes a little challenging, are there other options? Well, my next guest says there are. David Doyle is the Business Relationship Manager with Grid Finance. David, how are you? Very good, Jonathan, very good. You are an alternative lender of business loans to the SME sector. So explain in layman's terms what that means. Okay, Jonathan, I suppose just to give you a, a small background of the journey to the Grid Finance platform, I'm an accountant by trade, uh, working in a large accountancy practice for over 20 years. During that time, my primary role was basically compliance clients, accounts, tax returns, the standard accounting. All oh, the old boring stuff. Really, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. now you said it. And I suppose, look, when 08 and the early part of 09 came and we all experienced a crash, the all our clients within the SME sector turned to likes of their accountants and advisors because they're I suppose, look, the, the door had been closed on them for various reasons in terms of access to capital. And you had a situation where you, whereby you had really profitable businesses who had a need for funding. And for one reason or the other, they just could not access it. So I spent a number of years then setting up a dedicated debt management services company within the group, the accountancy practice that I was within. And the most challenging part of that was actually trying to access finance for those businesses and companies that were clients of because ours. Because there was nobody lending. It wasn't, it wasn't a reflection on the business per se. It just meant that those traditional routes were closed. Absolutely. And look, you had certain banks had decided to go routes whereby they would have sold their loans to venture funds. Other banks would have gone the route whereby they would have set up dedicated bad bank sections of the, their loan book and would try to wind those down. But certainly access to new capital or additional facilities to create a new employment or to scale businesses look that door was, was well and truly closed so when the opportunity came along to join part of the grid team uh, it was really exciting and something that I, I was effectively looking for uh, without realising it and when the opportunity came I jumped at it with both hands. So tell me how it works. How do you get these loans for the SME sector? So GRID has an exclusive distribution channel to institutional funding. So what that means in layman's language is that basically... Good, because I had no idea what that means. Explain it to the uninitiated. We, 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 we went to the market and took us about two years to effectively source the capital that other banks and financial institutions were effectively had closed the door on, on their SME sector. So we, we, we sourced that and we, hand, we now have a route to market whereby we, ha- we have a source of capital that's available primarily and only for the business sector. So obviously, very simply, without capital, you, you, you can't actually lend. So we, we, ha- no, we, have that, we have that route to market. We have access to these institutional funds. And these funds are effectively pension funds, high net worth individuals, family funds, 
And how favourable are the terms compared to if you did get it from the bank? Do you have to pay a little bit of a premium? You do, you do, you, you do. There's no doubt about it. Like this is this is not cheap money front, a better word. It, 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 you pay a premium. You're paying two or three percentage points above what we would call the market rate. Because well, you must realise that when the pillar banks borrow money, they'll, they'll borrow that from European Central Bank and they'll borrow that at zero percent or a little bit above it. They'll charge a margin of three or four percentage points on that. So you know, that that's cheap capital, but at the same time, you know, lots of this capital comes with lots of conditions and terms and conditions that's prohibitive for the, for companies and businesses to actually to borrow. So our institutional funders, yes, it's a, it's a couple of percentage points higher than the traditional based banks. It's what's called risk based lending because what you must remember is that the whole financial model and the financial system is changing at a mm. rapid rate and this is just going to be part and parcel of so the lending. Who benefits from it then? What type of businesses are you in the market for? So primarily our, our target market are anyone involved in hospitality, retail, online businesses, or business who want to scale and go from, I suppose, you know, having a certain number of employees now and are, are have ambitions to scale. So really, you're talking about the, the SME owner partnership or company turnover from maybe five, six hundred thousand euro up to five maybe 10 million euro that, 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 that's our that's mm. our market and when you obviously have to pay it back right so that's yeah. obviously that, 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 that happens at the end but do you have more freedom then under this than you would with the bank breathing down your neck for, for their lower percentage yeah so what we what we will offer to a business owner is, is effectively a rolling credit facility and, and my primary role as a business relationship manager in, within the Cork region is to first of all meet the business owner on behalf of grid finance and establish the overall funding need of the business once we establish the funding need, we then design a, a solution called a smart capital mix for that business owner that basically goes back to the business owner and says, look, you, you, you've identified a need for capital for your business. You've told us why you need it. That makes all the sense in the world. Leave us to design a solution for you that will allow you access to this capital at various stages throughout the life cycle of your business. Well, the website for people if they want to get in contact is gridfinance.ie. You're based out of Bandon, but I think you cover pretty much the entire Cork region, if that's right, David, is it? Absolutely, yeah. City and county. So uh, Cork County and city are my primary routes and I'm, the, as I said, the senior business relationship manager within that region. Lovely. Well, wish you the very best. Look, David Doyle uh, from Grid Finance. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com. A lot of people will wonder whether stocks are for them. It is a confusing world and normally we only hear about things when they go wrong or very, very good. It's the bit in the middle that confuses a lot of our listeners and someone who's going to cut through all of that for us is my next guest, David Bergen, who is a senior trader with Good Body. David, you're very welcome to Red Business. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Uh, it has been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? It has. So we've had probably one of the two biggest crashes in the last 150 years happened in 2008, the global financial crisis, um, akin to the 1929 crash in the US. We've had um, people's wealth decimated. And especially here in Ireland, a lot of people got hit in the property side of things. So, you know, it's, it still resonates really badly with people. And even since then, it, it's been up and down. And we look at particularly the American exchange, which people focus on a lot because Donald Trump talks about how successful it's been. It's been all over the shop. It's very hard to work out what's exactly going on. It, it is, or you can say if it's all over the shop, it's up. Now, it's been a rocky road, but it's been up. We've had a couple of things happening since 2008. Like, we've had uh, the worry around the euro, 
whether the Eurozone would, would stay together. Then we had Greece. We've now got worries around Italy and whether they can form a government. And that makes things volatile. Um, but in the US, you know, the data has been very strong. The US has grown at around 3% plus per annum, which is exactly what they want. And they have interest rates at low levels. So it's conducive to markets going higher. So that's why the, the markets move and are, are moving in a, in a basically in a straight line up at the moment and have been since probably 2013. Normally when somebody comes in and talks to you, you, you have to go through the whole how conservative are you, how risk averse. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm like a nun when it comes to this kind of thing. I'm extremely conservative when people ask me that question. And as a result, I look at the American stock market go, well, look, that's only going to go one way eventually, yeah. so I'm not getting in. So, so okay, so so how do, how do we as investment advisors look at it? So... For me, my speciality is um, technical and analysis. Uh, technical uh, analysis, and basically what that is is um, looking at you know history, looking at share price performance, looking at how markets have um, behaved over the last hundred, hundred and fifty years, and and this period in time is very like two other periods in time. One was in the um, late thirties to forties, and one was in the the fifties to sixties, and what we had is literally. We've had nine years of what we think is up markets, but we had a massive drawdown in 2007 and eight, where we fell 40% or so. So it's a readjustment. Yeah, it? so we've traded in a range from, say, 1999 up to 2013. We've been in a range, and we've been up and down, and it's been you know very volatile. But since then, in the last five years, we've had a nice push higher. So markets have moved up into what we call then a secular bull market, which is a longer-term kind of a move in markets, which can involve ups and downs, but which has a general direction which is higher. When people got in before the crash in 2007, there was a herd mentality that everybody, as yeah. you said, got involved in property yeah. or, you know, if if 10 of your friends were investing in stock X, then you were most likely to go in as well without really quantifying or qualifying so, what so, stock so X was. So basically, yeah, people were, um, and, in, you know, our community as well, the investment community as well, we offered what we called a diversified option to get in, involved in markets. Now that diversification was literally a percentage of your money was in bond markets and a percentage was in equity markets. Um, and we didn't look at your whole picture. So we didn't go in and say, Jonathan, let's have a look at your pension. Let's have a look at your life cover. Have you got income protection? Um, let me have a look at your tax liabilities. Let's see everything that's going on with Jonathan Healy but you see, they, and then give you advice from did, there. Did they not want to do that because that was an awful lot of effort and they knew exactly. they were going to get the sale anyway. So it, what's exactly. changed now? How are you so doing it differently? So what's changed is customers are asking for it. People want to know. So so we've done a recent study in the last couple of months um, where we've gone out and we've asked our clients like what's the biggest worry that you have and it's come back that tax and inheritance is their biggest worry. So 50% of people in Ireland have not looked into or don't plan to look into how they're going to pass on their wealth, which means they're going to have huge tax liabilities. Um, so it's about boxing clever, and we, we've done a report on that, as I said, and we now go and look at your whole picture, and then we're able to advise you then in a much, you know, in a much better manner. We're able to give you advice that is actually, you know, looking at your big mm. picture. Well, a lot of people have been terrified uh, to do anything in the last yeah. little while. Have you noticed, and I, I think even from a consumer point of view, if you look at people are now doing little bits to their house. They're yeah. getting things painted. They're maybe investing in in, in a new lawnmower. They're, there's, they're, there's, good, there's good and bad, bad points here. Like, yeah. so, so the bad point is we have a housing crisis. Pre the crash, we would have had a lot of guys out, cowboy builders, building houses, 
themselves with absolutely no experience in the housing market and throwing stock up. We wouldn't have had a problem in terms of, you know, the quantity of houses we had, but we would have had a problem in maybe oversupply. Now nobody's doing that because they got burnt. Um, and how we invest in property has changed as well. So you don't see that many people wanting to own properties because, look, it's too it's too soon after that really mm. big kick so in the backside. So what, what, what do they want to invest in? Then? So, so, yeah, well, again, the market struggled for about three or four years to find a product that, that works. And, and there's three or four of them now. There's real estate investment trusts. So they're, you know, wrap-ups of um, property um, portfolios. It's an American idea, the REIT. It's American, yeah, yeah. the REIT, yeah. They're, you know, they're wrap-ups. So basically, you've got a management team looking after a load of properties, looking after the, the construction, you know, the land side of things, everything that has to be done, and they trade on a stock exchange, which gives you two things that are of benefit. Professional management, so you don't have to be involved in it, and saves you literally losing your mind trying to look uh, and, and collect rent or even just maintaining properties. And then the other side of it is, if you want to get out of them, you can sell them tomorrow. Whereas if you have a house, you have to go to an auctioneer and the process can take months. And then as we found in 2008, 9 and 10, nobody wanted to buy a house. So if you wanted to sell, it didn't matter. Nobody was going to buy it. But is your margin going to be reduced because you have someone else involved in it like that? It is, but your risk is down massively. So so you're, you're managing your risk. So there's always a risk reward element, but the actual... The reduction in the risk versus the loss in the margin or the, the profit, it's well worth it. So if if people now have that cash that they're looking to do something with, what's the what's the number one bit of advice you would give them? Particularly the novice, the someone who hasn't done yeah. this before, or maybe who did it before and it didn't go well. Yeah. So so now, really, what people used to do was just throw all their money into the equity market, just buy stocks, and they thought that that was investing. That's not investing. That's taking very high risk approach to to investing in markets because literally as you said the American market is, has got you worried but it's got everyone worried because okay even though we've had a great run if Donald Trump sends out a tweet you know he can he can have a major impact well we could have a nuclear on, war on, by the end of the month exactly, by, by, by what's going on so he, he can throw out whatever he wants and you are then left exposed but if you come in and you talk to an advisor like good buddy um, and we're here in Cork we're in Laps Key if you wanted to come in and talk to us we won't just look at the equity side. We won't just look at the bond side. We look at alternatives for you. Alternatives are funds that are managed, that are wrapped up, that reduce the risk. We'll look at your pension, see if you're sorted on the pension side. We'll also look at what's your exposure to life cover. Have you income protection? So it's not just about, you know, getting the stocks and putting no. it out. It's looking at the entire picture. The entire picture. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've I, said that a couple of times, but it really is prevalent hmm. that now you need to go. I think we had a mentality in Ireland as well where we didn't really want to tell anyone but how so, much money we had. Some people have kind of donkey policies that they would have got maybe with their mortgage that don't yeah. suit what their life is now and, and they haven't looked at so it So what for happens is if you get somebody like Good Buddy you know, t- to give a financial review to you, we get you to sign a little document, takes two seconds, we then go off and we contact all of those companies for you. We collect the data and then we'll say, look at Jonathan, that's wrong, that's right. Actually, do you know what? You're paying too much in that policy and you really don't need that much cover here. This is where your your gap is. You're down in Laps Key. That's uh, where the Good Body office is in Cork. David, it's been an absolute pleasure. David Bergen, uh, senior trader with Good Body. Thanks so much for Thanks joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Thanks to David, David and Jim. Neve Hennessy produced as always. Redbusiness at redfm.ie is our email address if you want to get involved in this podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com.